You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Hope everybody out there had a great Father's Day weekend. Uh, We did, which is cool. Um, Lots to get into today, Andy. We finally reached the conference finals in the NBA. Of course, the Lakers still not in it. I was sort of hoping maybe they'd be put back, but they weren't. Um, And the teams that are left with the teams that have been eliminated. um, If you're somebody who thinks the Lakers have some significant problems with their roster, uh, it's not so bad. I mean, some of the teams out there have way worse problems to think about, bigger problems, structural problems, and the Lakers certainly do. So we'll talk about that. Uh, Jeannie Buss has a new show with Netflix about, ostensibly about her, right, Andy? Um, yeah, and, well, it's, the about, Lakers. Uh, it's, it's set in a workplace that sounds like it is the Lakers headquarters in El Segundo, uh, Mindy Kaling is, I believe, the executive producer or among the highest ranking producers. Also, so is Linda Rambis. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, mean, it's you, about a sports owner and her best friend. Yeah. So I mean, uh, if you manage seem to, get, to be tracking. <laughs> well, if you manage to get both Mindy Kaling and Linda Rambis to sign on, you know you've got a pretty good, uh, pretty good working script and stuff and working yeah. concept. Um, want to start with uh, though the uh, the the news this week out of uh, El Segundo? Actually, some pretty significant news. I'll tell you that uh, after we tell you that this episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join us this week, Friday noon Pacific, uh, to get in on the action. Spotify Green Room changing the way we talk sports. Andy, the big shakeup was in the training staff this week with the Lakers. Uh, Nina Shea, who's been with the team, was with the team for two seasons as the head athletic trainer is out. There are going to be some other people on their way out as well. Um, the, the Lakers reportedly uh, will be making continuing changes as they kind of reevaluate apparently how they're going to be doing athletic training. Um, you may have noticed they had a couple of very high profile injuries, uh, LeBron James, yeah, Anthony Davis, yeah. Le- uh, LeBron missed twenty six of the last thirty games. AD thirty six and all this season. Um, obviously, LeBron was never able to fully recover once the playoffs rolled around. Although I'm not sure he really had the proper time to do this, regardless no. of who was in charge of him. And it's always worth noting LeBron has a lot. Yeah, of Mike Mancius. Yeah, Mike Mancius is on the Lakers staff. He is essentially LeBron's trainer, right? Um, um, he's you know, been his guy for a while. But there were the injuries in the playoffs to uh, Alex Caruso and KCP as well. According to Spot Trek data, the Lakers roster missed 201 games total, an injury in the 2021 season, which uh, is about the middle of the pack, correct? In terms, yes, of, that is uh, about right in the middle, the you know, give or take. Um, you know, there's a band of teams between like 211 and 194, and the Lakers are right in there. That's kind of the middle group. Um, a lot of teams with a lot more, a few teams with a lot less. So it just makes me wonder what exactly was missing from their athletic training program that makes them think that they can get better going forward into next year, which is going to itself be another year of a weird offseason, still slightly compressed, um, irregular um, and what the Lakers, I, I don't, I, I'm, I would be, I would love to know what the Lakers think they're looking for to be different for next year than this, other than, Hey, don't, our guys shouldn't get hurt. 
Well, I mean, the, the, the really cynical view would be just that they are looking for some type of public scapegoat, and the, and the public scapegoat became Nina Shea and presumably some other people that were on Yes, the and that thought, that thought, yeah, it's I, an I easy think, thing. Oh, well, like we, we got, you know, whatever it was, our roster didn't work, let's fire the trainer. Right, there, were, there, were a, there was a lot of attention being paid on just the amount of injuries and the ability to keep those guys healthy and the, the lack of success there in the second half of the season. You also wonder if maybe there are specific concerns, mm -hmm. whether uh, whether from LeBron or AD, like dissatisfactions from those guys, because they're obviously the two guys who matter the most and their voices would be heard on something like this. Or if there are concerns within the organization, I would if I had to guess about specifically Nina Shea's ability to keep AD healthy, because there are so many questions about his health before the Lakers acquired him anyway. I mean, he... He has that reputation as somebody who has a difficult time staying on the floor. Mm -hmm. And if there's any doubt about Nina Shea's ability to alleviate that, even if it's not her fault per se, that AD wasn't able to stay on the court as much this year, they may be looking to get proactive about it. Another thing, though, Brian, that, that's kind of popped into my head when I was thinking about this, like it's a reminder of how long Gary Vitti had been with the organization. Like Gary mm -hmm. Vitti was with them through, I think it was 2016, like 2017, something like that. He he was the head, he was the head trainer. And then there was a like a year or two where he was kind of like a, almost like a consigliere to the training staff, but he didn't have that formal role. And then he was eventually, I believe, let go, like sort of like let go slash retired. Mm -hmm. But he he was with them going back to showtime. So it, it just the thought occurred to me that when you have one guy running this for so long and largely so successfully, it could actually become pretty easy for the organization after VD leaves to not exactly know what they want in a training staff period. Because for, because for so long, it almost ran itself. I, I I would imagine from the front office perspective. Just yeah, and 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 plus two, it's like and the the environment is different. I mean, Judy Cito, who was Kobe, worked with Kobe for oh, years, yeah. is still on staff uh, as director of sports performance, um, and and you know, so she, so she is still there, but it's it's a different deal now. Like like I said, LeBron James has his guy, and he's on he's on the 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 team payroll. Mike Mancius. Um, but everybody has their own person. And so it's like, it's almost, you got to get into the middle of the roster before, you know, guys aren't dealing with quote unquote, their guy. Um, so, I mean, just the environment is very different. And, but the level of sports performance, you know, this is an organization too, that, you know, whether good, bad, good at it or not, when Rob Palenka rolled in, they were thinking outside, and they brought in Gunnar Peterson to be <laughs> there. And I, 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 there were a lot of jokes that were made because he was like, you know, Magic's trainer and the, you know, Kardashians trainer. Well, look, and all that. The, I don't care what Gunnar Peterson's qualifications are or aren't. The Lakers hiring Gunnar Peterson, trainer to the stars, is the joke that joke writes, that writes itself. itself. Absolutely. And so he was with the team until you know, somewhere around the, you know, the. Before the like season that's the started. joke that if this series we're going to be talking about in the next segment were not being run by Genie Bus, those were the type of jokes that would be made in that series. Yes, absolutely. Peterson, but like you know, so I mean, they they that that I guess is sort of out of the box, and you're not thinking purely as a guy who 
who is in basketball. So, I mean, these, it is not something I suspect that Rob Palink is going to be talking a lot about until the hires are made, until they get into training camp in the fall, and, and all of that stuff is taken care of. But clearly, at least based on, you know, if you're going to go ba- you know, on the reports, they want a – something is missing from what they want. And I, I, I hope it's not just our guys got hurt too much because everybody got hurt this year and their guys didn't get hurt that much more than anybody else. Um, I, 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 I would hope it's based on something more than that, a process issue. Uh, the same way that I think it's, you know, Mike Budenholzer – I don't know if his job is safe or not safe. He is no better of a coach than he was heading into game seven than he was after game seven when the Bucs won. And if people didn't think Mike Budenholzer was a good coach then, then he shouldn't survive even if the Bucs win a title. Um, and I would say the same about Nina Shea. Like if, if people had concerns about her during the year, um, then she should be let go. If they're just looking for stuff to blame people on, you know, I, I I hope that's not it because it's not going to solve the problem. Uh, by the way, really quick, um, we you and I could not remember if Gunnar Peterson was still with the team, so mm-hmm. we eventually uh, found confirmation over at GunnarPeterson.com. Um, he is not with the team anymore. He is the former, the former. But what we and whatever. What we also learned though is that quote with over twenty eight years in the fitness industry, Gunnar's dynamic approach, boundless energy, and parentheses sometimes risky close parentheses, mm-hmm. humor, only add to the effectiveness of the experience his clients enjoy. So yep. if you ever catch Gunnar Peterson at an open mic at like the Laugh Factory or something, you better expect him to go well, blue. Well, Andy, as as we always said- He's always you know, on the verge of getting canceled. You watch you watch Gunnar Peterson on the court. It's it's stretchy bands and dick jokes. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what you get with, with Gunnar. That's just Gunnar being Gunnar. What do you yeah. want? I mean, uh, Gunnar doesn't Gunner does not understand, man. It's 2021. You can't keep doing that stuff. Yeah, presumably Nina world. Shea, her, the problem was not her sense of humor. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. Her jokes weren't risky enough. All right. Uh, next, <laughs> let's Rob talk. Blinken looks for in a trainer. <laughs> it's pretty safe. Look, man. Pretty we, safe, Nina. That that one liner. We, we 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 need a little more edge from our trainers. I didn't even have to think about calling HR about that joke, <laughs> Nina. Come on, man. It's something a little little more dicey. Come on. Uh, all right. Next, we'll let's work at a Midwest organization. Let's talk about the uh, the TV show because. I, the news broke on this, and I thought it was uh, pretty interesting in about 12 different ways. So we'll talk about the the new Lakers, Genie Bus, Netflix joint next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Indeed. If you're the hiring expert for your company, what you really need is making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who makes your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, interview, all on Indeed. Get your quality list of short uh, quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes match your job description. Only pay for the candidates that have must-have qualifications. Schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes hiring the right talent fast and easy with tools like Indeed Instant Match. It gives you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fits your job description immediately. Also, Indeed skills tested on average reduce hiring time by 27%. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all the other job sites combined. Those are some sorry-ass mm. job sites if they, they're getting smoked by Indeed this badly. So you need Indeed Go get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked. 
$75 credit at indeed.com slash locked indeed.com slash locked offer valid through June 30th terms and conditions apply. Um, this from the Hollywood reporter streaming giant Netflix has gone straight to series on an untitled workplace comedy inspired by the front office of the NBA's Los Angeles Lakers team. President Jeannie bus is attached to executive produce the Mindy Kaling produced workplace comedy that is inspired by the 17 time NBA champions, family owners and front office. Netflix describes the series, which comes as HBO is mounting a scripted drama following the team's historic 1980s squad known as Showtime, follows Eliza Reed, the governor of a fi fictional team as she navigates NBA ownership and family drama with her best friend by her side. First thing, Andy, I would like to point out, um, <laughs> Eliza Reed is a great example of how every single character in every script ever written sounds fake. <laughs> <laughs> what's going to be great though is that eliza reed's uh brother is going to be named jim, <laughs> jim <Reed. laughs> and i say this like i say eliza reed son. sounds like the like the yeah. fakest name ever i'm going to google eliza reed facebook <laughs> and just see how many profiles it's probably the name of like ten thousand different people um interesting yeah Oh yeah. Uh, oh, it's it's the name of a character. It's the name of Jane Eyre's cousin in Jane Eyre. Yeah. Shows Do you think you that was part that. of the reason? Um, I I wouldn't. To be totally honest, I wouldn't know. Uh, without rereading Jane Eyre, and by rereading, I mean reading it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard for me to know by rereading the cover of Jane Eyre, so I know what it's called, <laughs> or at least the cliff notes. I mean, I I or trying to remember the movie versions of Jane Eyre that I've watched parts of, um, to remember exactly i i have i don't think i have ever seen a jane Eyre adaptation from start to finish and i know that i've never actually read the book uh so uh either way though uh mindy kaling is involved with it that's mm -hmm. obviously a very very heavy hitter also linda rambus is going to be an executive producer um which I think feels apropos for the situation. Well, um, yeah, I mean, she, I presume, is the uh, best friend by her side. Um, so Eliza Reed's best friend. I, I am interested in this both from a television, like an entertainment standpoint. Like, is it going to be good? What are they going to make fun of? Like, who's going to play what? And like, and all that stuff. But really, as somebody who has covered the team for. 15 16 i forget how long we've been doing it. i've been in one way or uh, or one way shape or form around the team like how how deep into this are they going to go and how much of a sense of humor is genie bus going to display about herself and about the front office and about all the crap that went on that was not just you know jim and you know <laughs> like and how Mitch. much humor how much humor there will there be at the expense of characters not named jim reed and johnny reed right is what you're asking <laughs> you know is, has is eliza reed always going to be good at her job you know i mean yes. like naturally if you were if you were in charge of this show how how much would you inject like the real like the real things that are related to your team rather than kind of making a composite out of your experience as an nba owner it's a tricky question because on one hand it would be great and refreshing to see genie and you know by extension linda rambus who both took a lot a lot of crap during that period of you know just turmoil and chaos for the lakers some of the crap i think 
was well, it was honestly deserved. deserved. Some of it wasn't. Absolutely. Some of it wasn't. But, he, but either way, it would be pretty refreshing for them to show some type of candor for the things that either they did wrong or they could have done better or just this was a goddamn mess and we were in the middle of it and we certainly didn't solve it. The flip side, though, and, and this is somewhere where I think it's not even so much ego as it is practical image concerns. The Lakers got themselves past a lot of really bad stuff happening with the organization in several years where they were just seen as a chaotic, dysfunctional tire fire. I don't know how much they want to remind everybody of that right. in, unless there is so much humor mined from it that you can look past the reminder of, oh my God, that this organization yeah, was for a while sure. flailing and in some ways got lucky with their own geography that LeBron at this stage of his career where he clearly has a lot of interests that are located in Los Angeles wanted to be a part of the organization. I, I can see where I, okay, again, but I don't again I I don't expect them to I don't expect this to be like she's got the brothers who are like I mean I don't I don't expect it to be that literal but I there do will think definitely it, be a, a villain in a baseball hat I can promise you that they're there, the people will be searching for things that can be tied to real life, inspired by real life, and I, and I am wondering where they're they will go again. They're not going to go back and recreate the Jim Bus. I'd be I'd be surprised. I mean, they're not, I don't think they're going to be that literal, but that in some ways it almost makes it worse. Like you see a player, you see a something, you say, well, what inspires that, and. Um, I just I, I wonder how close to um, real life they're obviously not going to make a villain out of the LeBron character, you know, the star of the team or whatever it might be, um, and they're going to make sure that certain things cannot be read to be interpreted. I think as oh no, that's supposed to be LeBron. Look at this, you know. Well, here's what's even worse over here. Well, I mean, here's what's even worse than something being interpreted as oh that's LeBron or oh that's AD and. You're right. I don't see any reason why that would happen, both for practical reasons and also just there really is no reason to paint either of those guys like that. They need to. I someone asked me about this on Twitter, and I, I wasn't sure the answer, but it's something I'm sure they have to be wary of. They have to make sure that they don't do anything on this show that feels like it could be tampering. You know, that feels like they are citing real life players or you know, like, <laughs> I mean, for real. They, that's something they're going to have to be careful. About like like making sure that you know they're the Milwaukee Brats star Flannis Bunta de Bumpo. <laughs> well, but I mean, they, they no, I I know I understand. There there are all kinds of stuff, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. In and Jeannie's going to tell Rob, like, look, this this current Laker is being prominently mentioned over a three episode arc that happens to run around the trade deadline. Right. You can't move him because there's no time for reshoots. Exactly, like, everything's like, in we'll, the can. We'll, we'll just see. Well, I but it's I don't care what know. offers we get. It is. Um, it's reflective of an interesting time in the nexus between athletes and entertainment, and now teams taking much more control of uh, messaging again. Because it's not just this show. There's also the the uh, the Showtime show uh, as well with HBO. Um, so uh, yeah. Uh, by by something... the way, final note: if we had known that Genie was eventually going to move in this direction, I would have only said nice things about her publicly. And I would have defended her against all criticism, even mm -hmm. the, the stuff 
that I totally agreed with that yep. people were criticizing. I would have been a massive public ally because I would love to be on staff for this show. And you and I have said too much. Like yep. that's never going to happen. Nope. <laughs> that is true. We, um, we talked ourselves out of a potential gig and I'm not sure it was worth it. Yeah, no, it absolutely wasn't. All right, uh, let's let's uh, let's talk some playoffs. Some some fascinating storylines uh, as the NBA reaches the conference finals. We'll do that next. Want to let you know that Lock on Lakers is brought to you by Built Bar. If you are needing something that's good for you, that's healthy, that tastes good, but also gives you some nutrition, gives you some energy throughout the day. That's Built Bar, high in protein, low in sugar and calories, and the improved Built Bar, even more delicious than it was before. It's pretty damn delicious to begin with. Uh, 18 flavors, including six new ones like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and cherry barcia. Built Bar will calm your sweet tooth if you got one, like I do, um, even without the sugar, because it's coated in 100% real chocolate. It tastes good. It tastes like Something a little bit sweet, a little bit satisfying in that way, scratches that itch, but it's still soft. It's easy to chew. And like I said, high in protein, low in calories, low in sugar. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. The promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. All right. So uh, the Clippers lost game one Sunday to the Suns. Clippers playing without. Kawhi Leonard, the Suns playing without uh, Chris Paul, although they probably have a better chance of getting Chris Paul back than the Clippers do of getting Kawhi back, Andy, it seems. Yeah, uh, uh, Chris Haynes from Yahoo reported that they are hopeful that that Chris Paul will be back relatively soon in this series. It may not happen before game two, which will be tomorrow, but uh, I think they're hopeful that by, say, game three, Chris Paul will be back. I, the, I've not seen any confidence that Kawhi Leonard will be back. By no, then. they just keep saying he's not playing. But, you know, were they, there's no such thing as an ACL injury. You know, you hope it's not a tear, but, you know, even a mild. Well, I think ACL if it were a tear, we'd know he, I think if it were a tear, we'd know he's already out. He's well, not I, I, play I, only if they said it. I mean, you know, right. maybe for whatever reason, they're just not saying gamesmanship, it. I gamesmanship, suppose. whatever it might be. Uh, meanwhile, Paul George who is as much of a lightning rod as the uh, world of sports has to offer, particularly when it comes to playoff time. Um, 13 games in the playoffs this postseason, 26 points a game, 45% shooting. He's averaging nine rebounds a game, a little over five assists, a steal, about uh, six-tenths of a block, shooting 36% from three-point range. Overall, I think, has done a tremendous amount of image rehab over the course of these playoffs. It hasn't been perfect, but particularly since Kawhi went down, what he did against the Jazz, I think, shut a lot of people up. I know that's something you tweeted about over the weekend. Um, he's been he's been good uh, in, in ways that I think surprise some people and, and annoy others. Well, I was going to say it definitely annoys people. And a reminder today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it and 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. We can all enjoy the games a little more this season. Although for a lot of Laker fans, there's nothing enjoyable about watching Paul George succeed. I discovered that when I just tweeted out that over the 48 hours or so with Game six against Utah, where Paul George was absolutely spectacular. There's no way around it. It was an absolutely phenomenal performance, combined with a game seven where Terrence Mann became the story. But Paul George put up 28, nine and seven with three steals. He was plus 20 or plus 19 in a game the Clippers had been down like 25 points in the third quarter. 
you got to be doing something pretty damn well to put up those stats. And I had a lot of people just trying trying to find ways to take away from Paul George's achievements. He wasn't. He was. He was. Had they lost against Dallas, it would have been you know the pandemic p all over. Oh, sure. It's a fascinating. It is the 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 edge the the knife's edge between guy who is terrible again forever and a guy who can't be relied on again forever versus image rehab which is how i open this segment is real thin and a lot of times it doesn't even have that much to do with the player but the fortunate nature of getting out of a series versus not um yeah but what he did you know, 31, 31, 37 to get out, you know, and then 28, like you said, and, in, in, you know, so, you know, seven, six, five, four, and three. That is really good work against a good Utah team. Well, I mean, look, with Paul George in particular, there's so much history that's mm-hmm. negative connected directly to the Lakers that he's he's just not going to get a break within that fan base. And, and I get it. I mean, you want to keep hating him, keep hating him. I just think you can admit the reason I'm taking away from this performance is because I despise the dude. And, right, it's you know, petty. I'm, I'm, right. I am being willfully. Right. This is not basketball analysis. Right. It's fandom, and I'm just I'm I'm out here because I'm a fan, and I'm going to be petty about it. Right. And just, but just say great performance, effing, and at least and it, I will respect your basketball opinion more. One of the things though that I think is interesting mm-hmm. with Paul George, I've been thinking about just watching these last. You know, these last few games where he's had to operate without Kawhi, and by and large, I think he's been really good. Yeah. Is I'm not saying that he's like at a level where he could carry a team to a title and he just hasn't been given his due because the Twitter jokes are just so much fun to make. Like he he has not proven himself that way. But I no, I don't think I don't think he's the if he's your best player, you're probably not gonna win a title. Probably not, but I, but what I do wonder though, if in terms of just seeing what lies ahead from him in these playoffs for however long Kawhi is going to be out, I do wonder if being forced to operate as a number one brings out the best in him because I do think he has the type of personality that can allow himself a certain degree of either passivity or you know a willingness to cede some superstar responsibilities, some things you expect from superstars. Mm. If there's somebody that he's next to, whether you're talking about Russell Westbrook, whether you're talking about Kawhi Leonard, who is the consensus guy? Like, Because Paul George has that type of personality by his own admission. We've spent weeks of seasons talking about George as a potential MVP candidate. It's not like... The the, the pure talent is really, really high. Whether, Whether you think it is can be the focal point of a championship team or not high, it's undoubtedly there. But by his own admission, he can get into his own head. He can overanalyze. He can fight anxiety. So I just wonder if being in a situation where he has no choice but to be the number one, similar to how he was with the Pacers you know, yeah. under Frank Vogel, those teams that went to the Eastern Conference Finals two years in a row and they just were unfortunate to run up against those heels teams with LeBron. Like if just this scenario brings out the best in Paul George. It, it could. I mean, I, I think that's part of it. I think George is a guy, too, because of how he plays. He's a, a you know a, a guy who does a lot of different things. He's, he can run an offense through him. He can shoot from three. And so I think you know he feels like, oh, I got to fill in. I got to pass the ball here. I got to get this guy going. Like it's just, 
being a wheel greaser, a fundamental all-around player, sometimes that prevents you from just going out and just kicking asses. You know, it's like because you feel like you got to cover all your bases and you're supposed to play everything the right way. I think Pau Gasol got into that. Sometimes I think Anthony Davis gets into that when he mm-hmm. gets so focused on making the right pass. Just go bleep and put the ball on the floor, go score. Like, just be selfish, go do it. And I also think the where the Clippers are right now can be a little bit liberating for, for George because there is zero expectation at this point that the Clippers advance and so that they got out of the utah series already does a lot for him if they get out of the phoenix series everything you know it's he's in even better shape because it will be because of him in large in large regard um and so i think that is freeing um to some degree he can't really hurt himself from this point forward because they're supposed to lose anyway um I, I before we go i'll say this i think what we've learned though in this postseason is there is a big difference between the paul george problem which mm-hmm. is, is Paul George good enough to be the second best player on a championship team? Is he consistent enough? Is he going to show up? Is he going to be pandemic P or something that doesn't sound that stupid? <laughs> <laughs> or is he going to be Ben Simmons, who is supposed to be the best, second best player on that Philadelphia team who literally had to be taken off the court because of his deficiencies as an outside shooter and then eventually as a guy who would even take a shot because he was terrified of getting free throws uh, sent to the free throw line or something in the middle like Rudy Gobert where the Clippers kind of lit Utah up and there's a lot of questions as to whether or not Gobert needed, could have been on the on the floor. You cannot scheme Paul George off the floor. He's either going to play well enough or not, but he, what we've learned in this postseason as we wrap up is that not every number two problem <laughs> is, <laughs> is the same. <laughs> I learned that in college, but but other people, you know, not every problem with your second best player is the same. And the Clippers have a very different one, if they have one at all, than Philadelphia or even Utah. That's sort of my big takeaway from this. I mean, the thing with the playoffs is if you have weaknesses as a player, enough games scouted against you where mm-hmm. a, a coaching staff has nothing to do other than pick apart what you don't do well those issues can just become so yep. glaring and so magnified. And then in the meantime, against better teams with better point guards and, and smarter and I players. Think also, and- too, you in Rudy Gobert's case, I don't think the problem becomes mental. The problem becomes he's just not physically capable of making some of the rotations that he needs to at his size. I, right. I think for his size, he does it about as well. Right. As they, they, he was a great, he's a he is a world class rim protector, and the Clippers made rim protection irrelevant. Right. That's I, how they I, did I it. think for somebody of his size, he is about as good as you can look for somebody to go and switch out in the perimeter or deal with a team that's putting five shooters on the court. Mm-hmm. You know, basically somebody that isn't Anthony Davis. Rudy Gobert is about as good as you're going to get at that size. The problem is about as good as you can get at that size may not be close to good enough. Right. In that game, it wasn't. But then when you get with someone like Ben Simmons, with what was going on progressively in this series against Atlanta, clearly a lot of this was mental. Like the the stuff that uh, Nate McMillan was scheming against Simmons, this wasn't just stuff that McMillan was spotting. This was stuff that clearly Ben Simmons was becoming self-conscious over. Hackman, absolutely. Right. And once, you know, Shaq was somebody that got self-conscious at the free throw line. 
but you never got a sense that Shaq was scared to go there. He just got self-conscious when he went. And Shaq could never, Shaq could never be made irrelevant in a right, way. Exactly. You, you could, you know, again, maybe in today's NBA, you could scheme Shaq up. Couldn't do it in that one, and that right. was the one he was playing in. And so, like, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just that that I mean, they, Montrez Harrell gets played off the floor. They did that to Ben Simmons, the best second yeah. best player. So it's just it's just a different deal, and how teams form their 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 teams with the playoffs in mind based on what we've seen this year, continue to do that. Not that this would be the first time they've done it, but like, you know, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a great storyline, um, tough for Ben Simmons, but you know, as a basketball fan, it's, it's just kind of fascinating to watch. Um, reminder to everybody, please subscribe to the locked on Lakers YouTube channel, get all kinds of, of cool, exclusive content there, extras from interviews, all sorts of stuff like that. And then again, locker room, I'm sorry, Spotify Green Room, Andy. Yes. Um, Fridays at noon Pacific. All right, we'll see everybody next time.